All right. Well, maybe we're picking up a little bit, going to try to catch back up to these other classes that stole everybody. Uh, I was just wondering, does anybody know who's got Brother Bob's class today? Or are they combining? I hate to be the leader. I'm the only one that doesn't know what's going on. Uh, Brother Bob's out of town today. He went dove hunting. And uh, to me, it's a little bit too hot to go dove hunting, but he went dove hunting. So uh, I just suddenly suddenly realized I don't know who's over there teaching his class, but hopefully somebody is. They're what? They're supposed to come in here. Oh, that's why you're in here. I just suddenly hit, yeah, I got it now. Amen. Okay. Uh, that's why we're growing back again. I'm thinking, wow, we, we're picking that up. No, we're not. We got Brother Bob's class in here. And uh, so most of his class didn't show up today because they knew they were coming in here. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Would you just get as far away from me as you possibly could over there? No, it's because you brought your coffee in here. You didn't want me to see you. You spill that, you know you're in a heap of trouble. I'll be all over you. All right, now. All right. Let's find out if we have anybody have a prayer request. Anybody got a prayer request? Uh, yes, sir. Praise the Lord. So it got it all fixed? Amen. So wherever you took it, they were able to fix it, huh? Wow, mine usually starts out good and gets rough. So, uh, yeah, you're gonna have to pray for my truck. I, <laughs> uh, praise the Lord! It's it's everything in the world's going wrong with it right now. Uh, anybody else? So we have a praise there. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Mrs. Rule. Oh, you're kidding. Wow. I mean, she's got in her 50s? Wow. Wow. I get, my mind, all, you know, when you, when you know people from way, way back, you, you still have them in that, I guess, that age group, that category, just so hard to comprehend. So ate health food and things like that? See, that's what's the problem. <laughs> wow. Well, praise the Lord, it didn't, didn't take her. So she, well, yes, we need to pray about that. They're, they're sweet people. The rules are really good folks. I think so. Yes, ma'am. All right. They're graduating this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, senior year. It gets tough. You know, a lot of decisions got to be made. Of course, you can ask me privately, and I'll tell you my opinion. But, uh,. <laughs> Just so you, you know, the reason I'm joking talking about it is that um, I, I worked with a college for 30 years, but, but honestly, 
uh, as the last 10 years or so, what I've been telling people even while I was at the college, um, if you got a good home, a good church, a uh, good situation, there's, then keep them home at least a year that you can really renew, rebuild your foundation as, a, as your relationship as mom and dad and child. Because when they're going to school, it's just activities and functions and projects and things and bam, 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 bam. You get them out, now you got this year. That maybe, even if they're working or they're doing whatever, you got a lot more time that you can just ride together, talk together, eat together, rebuild that relationship. So I'll just throw that out to you. Are you feeling better this week? You all right? All right. Do I need to put my hands on you and heal you? <laughs> if I put my hands on you, you'd probably die. So, so, all right. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. Well, let's, let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness, your love, your, your grace, and your mercy to us. Lord, you, you are so, so good to us, so patient with us. Lord, I thank you that you, you, you know everything that we're going through. You, you knew about Brother Kenzie's car, and, and you've, you've helped in that situation. You, they, they needed that car to work and to run and to work well, and, and you provided there, and you did that. And, Lord, we thank you for that. Now, Lord, you'd, you'd been good and you'd been gracious and, and holy and righteous if, it, if the car had broken down and fallen apart, but it, it, it's just wonderful that you uh, did that for them, and we want to praise you for that. Lord, I want to come to you, and I want to praise you, and thank you that Mrs. Rule is, is, is with us, and that, uh, uh, that she is living, that they were able to catch this, treat her, do whatever needed to be done. But Father, I pray that you'd just be with her right now. Be with the family, as uh, I know that they uh, are busy about working and serving you, and, and Lord, I pray that you'd bless her, and heal her body, and raise up uh, her as quickly as possible, strengthen her as much as possible, as quickly as possible. And Lord, I, I thank you that you uh, will, will do that, and we'll just trust you that you will. And then, Lord, I, I do pray for these young ones that uh, they're at that stage of life where uh, this decision is so vitally important, uh, where they go to school, because where they go to school so greatly de determines so many things about their life, but especially who they potentially might marry, uh, who they might meet, and, and Lord, uh, that will affect their, the rest of their life. And Lord, I pray, please, that you'd bless there and that you'd give wisdom and, and that you'd give wisdom to whatever counselors they might uh, go to, and Lord, that you'd give wisdom to them, and, and Lord, that they would sincerely seek your heart, seek to know your will. And, Lord, uh, I pray that you'd do that. Please, please, please. And, Lord, I pray you'd be with us in our class today and that you'd give wisdom and direction as we study the, and, uh, and continue our study in the book of Genesis. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, you know, again, you know, as the years go by, you start to learn different things and start to, to make the, but I, I came, you know, probably 20 years ago, I came to the point where so many young people, I would tell them, um, if you're not supposed to be, and I was at House Anderson, if you're not supposed to be at House Anderson, if that's not where God wants you, then I don't want you. 
you've got to know this is where God wants you. You've got to know this where you, uh, so uh, I always told them back there, I said, look, you know, if you've got to beg them, recruit them, motivate them, inspire them, bribe them to come to college, you're going to have to do all those things to keep them. But if God sends them, they probably stay because they got a greater potential of staying. Uh, and that's just what I believed, you know, strongly, that God needs to be the one that directs them to where they go. <clears throat> so, all right, look at the book of Genesis. book of Genesis is where we're, we're turning, and uh, we've, we've already started into it, and, and we uh, got through, I think, the fifth day, I believe, is where we were. Uh, we talked about uh, verse 20. Verse 20, and then God said, chapter 1, verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament above of, of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth and waters brought forth abundantly after their kind. And every fing, uh, winged fowl, winged wow, uh, Wing fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the fowls multiply in the earth. And of course, uh, that's kind of you know, where we almost, I think, pretty much uh, we're ending up. I was talking about the word fill uh, for the animals here, the, the, uh, the sea life. God said for them to fill the ocean, and, and when it comes to man, uh, we talked about that. Uh, it, he talks about, the uses the word replenish. And, uh, and those two words are the exact same word. When you go back to the original language, they're the same word, but, they're, but every word has multiple definitions and depends on its context. It depends on how it's being used. And, and, uh, and, and you know, when those who, you know, God divinely you know, brought a bunch of men together and, uh, and those men knew the language in such a way that we couldn't even comprehend, uh, I believe. Uh, you know, if we studied the rest of our life, we wouldn't comprehend how they knew the language and how God was going to protect the, the language. And he allowed them to, to translate a word, different words. And so in one place he said fill, in one place he said replenish. But it's because those two words, fill and replenish, have different, slightly different definitions, definitely slightly different meanings. And, and it's because when the command, and I said this last week, just kind of reviewing for those who weren't in here, those that, you know, were backslidden in Brother Bob's class, the, um, uh, the word fill, uh, when you make that command to an animal, you just say fill, it's a one-time command. That means for every, so to speak, generation of creation of that animal, it will continue to procreate. It will continue to fill. It's one command that was given, and you never have to give it again. But man has to be told every generation to replenish. Because man has a will, man has a mind, man has a decision-making process, and man can choose not to. And God says, no, you need to. You need to replenish the earth uh, or, or else a society will die. We, and, I, and I'll say this and we'll move on, but, but anything under 2.1 birth rate in a society is a, is a sign of a dying society. In European nations right now, many of those societies are dying societies, which means they are going to, you know, by immigration and, and by, you know, people moving in, they, they may be still 
growing in population, which most of them are really are not even doing that. Uh, but they're, they're not going to be, and just use uh, you know, France as an illustration, France won't be France 50 years from now, 30 years from now probably. It will, it will flip and it will be whoever's migrated or immigrated into France. That's what it will be because the French people are, uh, if I remember statistics right, I'm pretty sure France is one of them is like this, is a, a dying society. I think they're like 1.6 birth rate. Uh, and so uh, America is just right on the border. America's like 2.1 right now or 2.16, something like that. So we're just barely a living society. And it's because, honestly, the, the selfishness, so to speak, of the world, you know, I mean, uh, you know, now, now, please don't be offended, you know, if, you know, there may be somebody and you couldn't have children or you had one and that was, that was just what God did. I, and that's not the issue. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that you, you can't or whatever, whatever situation. I'm just talking about that, that God said to replenish, and they don't, they all, you know, everybody doesn't have to have a half dozen like we had, uh, you know, you, you know, that'd be more than replenish, that'd be overwhelming. And so, um, but the fact is, is that God just said, it, you know, that if, if you don't replace yourself, then you're dying. And so, uh, you, you have to at least replace yourself. That's why it's 2.1. 2.1 is a growing society, below 2.1, 2.0, and below, you know, you're, you're a stagnant or dying society uh, because you're not even replacing yourself. And so uh, it's not an issue about how many children or whether you should or whether the whole issue is just the principle that God's teaching here that he, he said to man, if you, man's going to continue to exist, man must continue to replenish. So that's, that's just the principle I'm just talking about. And whether you have one or none or ten, uh, that's between you and God. But I'm just telling you, that's God said that for the bulk of society, we were supposed to continue on. And so, uh, um, and, and there are a few of them, you know, that, um, you know, my daughter in, in Durham's got seven. So, you know, she's making up for some of them. So, um, now... All right, anyway, that's, uh, now we're going to go to day six. Look at verse 24, day six, verse 24. It said, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and the beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so, and God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And so God said, I'm going to make them after their kind. mentioned this last week. You'll never see an animal, no matter what they teach in schools, uh, you'll never see any creature that changes kind. They may have some sort of a adaptation, but they will not change what they are. The bird won't change into a dog, okay? No matter how many little examples or drawings they put up there, there's no, no, you know, there's no illustration that we can go to anywhere that's actual, real, and provable that, that something's changed in its kind. And that's why God emphasizes after their kind. That's all they can do is they can, they can produce after their kind. The kind will never change. And so, uh, so God shows his consistency in, the, in his order of his creation, the beast, which we consider today the wild animal, the cattle, the domestic animal, the creeping thing, the creatures that crawl and move lowly upon the ground, 
Plant life was made for the animal life to live off of, so plant life came first. It's again God's divine order. After making all of animal life, God saw that it was good. Then, after he saw that all this was good, then he creates man and immediately instructs man that he has dominion over everything else. And so God creates everything else. You know, he, he puts all the, you know, the sun and moon and stars in a place. He divides the waters from the waters. And he, he divides the land, you know, brings the land forth. And he brings plant life on the land. And he brings animal life on there. And now he's going to create man. And here's what he says. Man was different from all the creatures. He's going to instruct man to have dominion. But verse 26, verse 26 is we <clears throat> that... I'm sorry, where am I? And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Notice that, male and female. Um, Amen, somebody? Yeah, I mean, when they're created, they come out one or the other, okay? Um, It's not really hard to figure out. Uh, He gave us a lot of proof. Okay, so um, now, uh, uh, let's see where it was. Male and female created he them, and God saw this creation, and behold, it was very good. So the very first time that he's going to say it's very good is after he's created man, created man, uh, in his image and put him and had dominion over all the creation. Now, there's some key words in this we're going to take a look at. This is what we're going to primarily do uh, this morning, these key words. The first key word we see in this little passage, God said, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. So our is the first key word. And, and there's some different philosophies out there, but you know, I think the only one is, to me that's reasonable, the only speculation is reasonable, is that it's a reference to the Trinity. It's the very first reference to the Trinity, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so uh, God is saying he's going to make man in our image, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because man is going to be body, soul, and spirit. And so man is going to be, and, and when God, and we're going to see this in just a second, but we'll see that God says that we're going to make him uh, just like us and very similar to us. He uses the word image. Image means to shade. It even has a definition of a phantom as in um, a silhouette. Uh, it's, it's, it's something that you're not seeing completely at sea. The illusion, the resemblance, but it's the figure inside. So we made it in our own image. So what does that really mean? Uh, Here's what I believe God's trying to say. The definition would seem to mean that God would create man with a soul and spirit. God would create the inner part of man that would would be able to think, would be able to, to respond that have emotions, things that can't be seen. He said, you know, and God has feelings. God, you know, laughs. God uh, is, is, can, he gets angry at times. God has some emotions and feelings. And, and I believe the in our image is by this definition, he's saying, let me create all of that that really makes up the man, that which you can't see. 
You know, there's, there's two Bob Hookers that are standing right here, really three, but, but there's two that standing here right now. There's a body that's beautiful, amen? Uh, there's a body that's standing here right now, but really what you're listening to is not the body. What you're listening to is, is this being that you can't see, the, the phantom inside. The, the image inside, the soul inside that's trying to, trying to express to you what, I, what I'm trying to get across from my mind, through my mouth, to the people. Now, here's another word, though. He says, yeah, well, we'll read the scripture again. It says, God says, make man in our image after our likeness. You see, he, you'd think he would just say, Let, let's make man in our own image. But then he throws in there, after our likeness. Well, he's talking about, let's put this spirit in man. Let's, this soul in man. But then let's make him like us too. Because the word like is resemblance concretely. A, a shape, a concrete shape fashioned to be similar. So in our likeness, it means God says, not only did I put inside of you like me, I made you outside like me, like us. And so likeness seems to say that God would create man in a physical image of himself. You say, God has a body like this? Well, the Trinity does. Jesus Christ came incarnate in the flesh to show himself. We'll see that, that physical body, the nail scars of his hand as he appeared before them. It's, you know, Thomas, you, you got to put your hand in here to believe. Go ahead. And so uh, he made that body. Now, the next word that's important in this passage is the word dominion, which means to, to subjugate, to it even means to tread down. It means to have dominion, to prevail against, to reign, to bear rule over. Uh, we're to, to have, to rule, to have dominion, to dominate everything else in this world. The, the animals are there for us. The animals are, are the, the, the sea life's there for us. The creature, you say, Brother Hooker, of course they are. Why would we even think about it? I mean, uh, the all this is out there. It's not, it's not uh, for us to make a world for them. It's for them to provide for us. Why is that an issue? In this generation, it's becoming more and more an issue because people care more about the animal than they do about the people. You know, I, I, you know forgive me, but, but uh, you know, if you're going to shut down businesses and, I mean, a whole east, uh, west coast almost... Uh, lumber uh, and shut people down uh, and, and just put people out of business, put people in poverty, put people in incredible stress. And why? Because you have the spotted owl you found in a tree. Well, what happens? Well, it may go extinct. Well, so did the dinosaur. And we can put up pictures of them and we're okay. What do we need that thing for? You say, don't you want to see it? Well, guess what? I'm probably going to die and never see it anyway. 
Okay, if you ever get a chance to go out in those woods, what's the possibility you're going to see that thing? And if you did, would you know what it was? Unless I go to a zoo and they have that thing sitting on a little perch there and underneath it says spotted owl. You know, and if it says that and the wrong thing flew up on that perch, I'm going to look at it and it could be a, you know, a rooster and I think, oh, that's a spotted owl. Uh, you know, look, I'm, I'm for animals. I love animals. I really do. I, it's a God love me sign for me to see deer. I love to see deer through my sights. But I love to see deer. I really do. I love to see deer. I, I love to see every, there's a little fox that's running around. I don't know if it's one or if there's a whole family of them. I saw him yesterday again, Joe Beth, across, he was running in somebody's culvert, you know, and, and, and I love to see the animals like that. I love to see the fox. Uh, I love to see all kinds, I, I love to see a coon trying to get in my garbage can. I do. I just love to see a coon. You know, I just love animals. I've had all kinds of pets. I had a monkey. I had a monkey. I did. I don't know what happened to it, but I had it. Lived out in the country with my dad. Every kind of, I've had a pet coon. I've had a pet squirrel. Uh, they're fun, especially when the pet squirrel crawls in your daddy's pants pockets and he p- pulls them off the door and puts them on in the morning doesn't know the squirrel's in his pants pockets. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> that was great, watching my dad lose his mind. And, um, uh, you know, but I have. I had a pet I, you know, I had a pet coon that I could walk around on a leash for a while. He would even crawl up on my shoulder. Let me just warn you, if you're going to try to do that, you've got to get him just the perfect age because anything above the perfect age, they'll get real mean. Uh, anything below that at perfect age, and they'll just die on you anyway. So, uh, uh, but I've had that. But I had a pet monkey and, and a little spider monkey. Let me just warn you, most filthy thing you ever had in your life, you don't want it. He'll get mad at you and throw stuff at you. And if you can imagine what kind of stuff he'll throw at you, uh, you just don't want it. Took him to school as an example, fourth grade. Took him to the school, and I had him on my shoulder. And, man, I was so proud because, I mean, how many kids got a monkey? And, man, he, was, he, he got uh, the, some kids started poking a pencil at him, and he grabbed the kid's pencil, and he screamed. He got all mad, grabbed me by the nose, and bit me on the nose. I'm looking at him, hey, man. He made you mad. Why are you biting me? But he did. Bit me right on the nose. And so the, I love animals. Love my horse, Oki. I, you know, I love, my, I love animals. I really do. But I think it's silly to save the whale and kill the baby. I, that's the thing. It's beyond silly. It's sinful. It's wicked. It's wrong. To put people in dire straits and and bring harm to human beings because of some animal, we're supposed to have dominion over them, not them have dominion over us. Right now, if, if a woman goes in and has an abortion, nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it at all according to the government. You kill a a deer that's carrying a baby inside of it, they'll prosecute you for the deer and the baby inside of it. And man, they'll, 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 they'll throw away the key. They'll put you behind bars. They'll put you behind for years because you killed a deer with a baby inside of it. They'll take your truck, they'll take your gun, they'll take everything you got. 
Now, does that make sense? No. We put the animal above man. And so God, he was making it real clear. He said, and it, it, does it ever amaze you? God knew everything was going to happen, even all the way to now. He even knew the way society would be right now. And Joe Beth, I gave you my ring the other day. You still got it? Did you throw it away? No. Uh, now, and he comes down to the point, the last couple of words he says is very good. Very good. Man, when man was man and placed in dominion over all other creation, God said this was not just good, but exceeding good. God said it's good that man is in control of this mess. If, watch this, because God made man in his image so man could commune with God. So God would really be the director of what was going to go on. Well, amen. God bless you, brother. Did you? Amen. It means a lot that y'all would come today. It really does. Praise the Lord. All right. So God says, very good. Very good. And when we keep things in God's divine order, God's divine system, then God will say it's very good. Our problem is, is that we, in the mind of man, we want to change everything. We want to change the marriage. We want to change the structure. We want to change the authority structure. We want to change everything because we believe it's better, a better way. There is no better way than God's way. And so we just have to, to understand that. Why? <clears throat> Every creation, and, and why did God say this was very good? It's exceeding good. When it gets to this point, and just so we were, we're ta- teaching through creation uh, there in the early part of, of Genesis, chapter 1 of Genesis. But when you get to this point, God says man is created, man, it's very good, man has dominion, so it's very good. Why is this so important? Because every creation must have a leader. Every organization must have a head. Uh, There must be organization leadership or you have anarchy. And so God said, in order for this, everything I've created now, everything that I've put in motion, it's got to have some direction, somebody to kind of control the direction and have dominion. And he said, that's going to be man. That's going to be Adam and Eve. They're going to have control over all that I've created. Can you imagine a world without even the animals in subjection to leadership? This wouldn't, this is surpass anarchy. It'd be chaos. Uh, so everything, and, and, that, and again, uh, that's one of the world's things that they're trying to do, especially we teach a lot on marriage here. It's one of the things that he's uh, really trying to do with marriage is trying to say, you know what, there is no structure to marriage. It's just, you know, two people going to spend their life beating their heads against each other, uh, trying to make this thing, uh, you know, well, they're really not trying to make it work. It's two people beating their heads against each other, trying to get their way. And, and that's what God says, it's not supposed to be that way. He said, I got a, a simple structure for it, and, it's, and, it's, uh, and we've talked about that before, and we'll go into it later, but uh, again, I'm sure. But the further man gets away from the purpose of their creation, and the further they get away from God, the more they worship animals, the more they refuse dominion, even want the animal at times to have dominion over the man. You know, it's where the, the guy, we were <clears throat> up in, um, I think it happened while we were in Alaska, so we were there and, the, and there were some people that 
that, uh, or a man that just wanted to be with the grizzly bears up there, you know, just somehow felt he, that, you know, since they were product evolution, they were just on a different evolutionary plane, and, and they could communicate, and they could love, and they could, you know, and, and he had videos of him, you know, feeding them, and, you know, having them come up, and petting them, and one of them kind of rearing up on him, and, you know, it just love, love, until one day they ate him. I mean, it's because, look, <laughs> you don't handle animals that way, okay? Uh, he was trying to give equality to the animal. Well, he, he didn't. He gave breakfast to the animal, okay? So, work is very important uh, but to God, but obviously so is rest. That's the next thing we're going to look at. Look at day seven, day seven. And in day seven, it's pretty, pretty simple. We get to, uh, let's see, and so God, uh, verse 27, so God created man in his own image, and uh, image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And then let's see, here we go all the way down to, where am I? I'm losing my, which word? Chapter two. I'm looking, but, you know, I got new glasses and I can't half read. I'm going to have to take these things back. All right. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it, he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Now, Look, God rests, the scripture says, God blessed and sanctified the seventh day. Work is very important to God, but obviously so is rest. And this is something that gets kind of misunderstood. God set apart a very special day to rest, not because God needed rest, but God was trying to give us an example that we will, that we need rest. And But as an example to us that we needed a day of rest, a day set aside to let the body and mind recover from the work we have been doing. I believe, you know, this is one of the things that you know, I've said for years. I believe God made dark for a reason. He says, a college student, God made dark for a reason. I don't think necessarily that lights, electric lights, all that kind of stuff was really a great thing of progress because it enabled us to stay up all night. It enabled us to work jobs down through the night. You know, if we were still by candlelight, we're probably not out there working. We're going to come in from the field. We're going to come in from the job. We're going to come in at dark. We're going to come in with a candle. We're going to sit down and have a bite to eat. We're hopefully going to read the Bible and talk to our family a little bit. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to bed. Because that's what God made dark for. Rest. Now, we're in a society now that we can't do that. You know, you have to, anybody have, anybody work midnights? Okay, that's the worst thing in the world. I hate it. You know, about 3 o'clock in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, you just kind of, please. And people say you get used to it. They're different kind of people than me. I've never gotten used to it. It's terrible because our body was not made to stay up at night. Go overseas. 
And where they, you know, I went to the Philippines one time, and, and there I think it's 14 hours difference. They just flip your whole day and night. You get there and you rest a little bit, and when you wake up, you don't know who you are, where you are, and you're, you're having, to go, having to go stand and preach when it's supposed to be about midnight at home or something. I think, I'm going to die. And it just beats your system all to pieces. God wants us to rest. That's why we have preaching, so you can get some rest. Amen? Next hour, you're sitting here doing the preaching service. I know you're going to go to sleep on me because you need your... No. God made dark for reasons. God set aside a day for total rest from our labor. Not just he give us dark, but God said, and I believe this with all my heart, he gave us night to rest our physical body. He gave us a day to rest our minds. Shut it down. Let the mind recuperate. Now, again, our society, we really don't have, I've been, I've been telling Joe Beth, I don't know if y'all realize this, but, but a lot's been going on around this church. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a lot of things going on. And I told her probably two or three times over the last week, I said, somewhere, somehow, I just got to have a day where everything just shuts down because the mind starts to get weary. You can go lay down and take a nap and maybe recuperate the body. But the mind, you got to shut it down. And it takes some time to shut that down. And so God was trying to teach us that. We have two extremes, though. Those who will not work and think every day is a day of rest. And those who work and will not rest. It's really, that's our two great extremes. Those who don't want to work and God said if you don't work you shouldn't eat and then you got the other side that those that just work 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 God is a God of balance so work and then rest God does not need the rest but teaches us that work comes first and then comes the rest but we must rest in order that we continue to work we've got to we've got to have that cycle of rest in order that we continue to work the body and the mind were created with a need to recharge now, uh, well, I can't go any further. Time's up. We got about 17 minutes till we come back for the next hour. And uh, you know what? I'm terrible. Tell me again your name. Brandon Richardson. Brandon uh, came by the other day, and God bless him. I'm hoping maybe it helped out a little bit. But they came here to be in our service this morning, and I'm thrilled. So it's the whole Richardson family here. And this is your son that was going to Kirby over here? All right. All right, now I want everybody in here to get by and greet them and make them welcome. Man, were you playing ball? Were you a football player? Sir? Oh, man, the big old boy. You better be good to him. All right. All right, you're dismissed. Y'all make them feel welcome. Sir? Amen. Well, you know what they say. The Bible falling apart. If it, the man that, the Bible ha, that has a Bible falling apart has a life that's not. 
So if your Bible's falling apart, your life's not. Hey. <laughs>